This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 69, looking at Gotham, season 2, episode 17, Into the Woods. Hey, this is Drew Powell. I play Butch Gilzean on Gotham, and you are listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites. Welcome back, detectives. This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 69, where we are wandering into the woods and wondering that if we go down there today, what are we going to find? A lot of snow, maybe a body, and a hell of a lot of police officers. What are they up to? Well, we can leave that to our imagination. Um, I am one of your hosts, John. I'm your other host, Derek. Yeah, yeah. What an episode. Absolutely. Such a really good, good episode. Uh, coming back off uh, an episode, obviously, we didn't like so much in episode 16, um, Prisoners. We feel that this really came roaring back to life as the Gotham that we know and love. Oh. Great ensemble performance and so so much happening uh, in this episode. Fantastic. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I can't say how much I liked this episode more than last week's episode. Uh, that one's behind us. This one is ahead of us. Uh, we're going to obviously get into our discussion about this episode as we uh, as we normally do with our top five points in a mo. Uh, but please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast by going to gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes if you're an iTunes subscriber or an iTunes user. If you're not an Apple user like myself, an Android user, you can go and subscribe to us on any good podcast catcher just search for gotham tv podcast and as always we do want to hear your thoughts so make sure you send in your feedback or any kind of thoughts you have on the episodes just send them to feedback at gotham tv podcast.com or come and join us over in our group on facebook just search for facebook.com slash groups slash gotham tv podcast Absolutely. Um, and of course, we always live tweet um, the episodes of Gotham on Channel 5 in the UK and in Ireland. So you can uh, live tweet with us as we follow Channel 5's um, airing of Gotham in the UK and Ireland at 10pm every Monday. Just follow us at Gotham TV Podcast and tweet along with us uh, as we tweet, 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 uh, as the birds do in the woods, of well, course. Five more episodes to go. So, uh, so yeah, keep keep coming and joining us over on Twitter. Uh, really good fun live tweeting those episodes as they're aired in the UK. Um, John, I think it's time to kick into the episode. I think so. Ready to go? Absolutely. Excellent. Well, this episode, again, was written by Rebecca Perry Cutter, who's written two other episodes of Gotham uh, by Fire in this season, season two, episode six, and also Viper, season one, episode five uh, of Gotham. Uh, it was directed by Oz Scott, who directed Rose G- Rogue's Gallery in season one. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, great yeah. episode. Uh, he's been around doing directing all the way through from the 70s. He's been uh, doing pretty much every single show you could think about. I'm sure I mentioned it in season one when we talked about Rogue's Gallery, but uh, yeah, pretty much if there's any show uh, that you watched in the last 30 years, he's done an episode of it. So uh, great to have him on board in Gotham again. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with the synopsis? Sure. Jim Gordon remains on the run from the law as he tries to clear his name of the murder of Officer Carl Pinckney. With the help of his former partner, Harvey Bullock, Jim breaks into the GCPD and steals his case file, which contains the recording of the anonymous phone call to Internal Affairs. In an attempt to deduce the identity of the mystery caller who framed him, Jim approaches Ed Nigma for help. 
However, Jim quickly deduces that all is not right with Ed, as his strange behavior alerts Jim to the possibility that he was involved. This is confirmed when Dark Nigma tries to kill Jim, who manages ultimately to escape and entrap the Riddler down in the woods with the help of Selina Kyle, Harvey Bullock, Bruce Wayne, and the GCPD. Meanwhile, with Ed Nigma arrested, Jim refuses to return to the GCPD and restarts his investigation into the Wayne murders. As Jim makes a call to Leslie Tompkins, another female acquaintance, Barbara Keane, seemingly cured of her mental illness, is released from Arkham Asylum by Hugo Strange. Elsewhere in Gotham, Oswald is also beginning to learn a new truth about his stepfamily's role in his father's death. As he shakes the conditioning that he received in Arkham, he truly believes that revenge is best served cold, as he serves up a meal that the Vandals will never forget. At Wayne Manor, the sound of a computer rebooting offers Bruce the promise of another truth, but one that comes with a very high personal cost. I'm not too sure whether the penguin looks for revenge served cold. It's definitely the right temperature. It's just not tender enough for uh, for Grace. <laughs> it's the saying, revenge is best served cold. Absolutely. An old Klingon saying, I believe. Kapla, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, what an episode. This is uh, really interesting because obviously... As you mentioned in your uh, in your synopsis, there this te- this is kind of still focused on the same two main characters in this episode, still focused on Jim's story and still focused on Penguin's story, uh, just like episode sixteen, but uh, a lot more going on and a lot more characters involved this time. And I think there's a, this, the strength really shows up in this episode. Yeah, the ensemble performance of Gotham when it's on song is really really good, and and I think we have this here. You know, in this case with Jim's. Um, story we have Enigma, mm-hmm. and i mean cory michael smith just brings so much to oh, to this part fantastic. i mean really really fantastic and in addition to that you have the gcpd you have harvey bullock mm-hmm. you know I, I love harvey's moment where he says barnes is on the hunt you know that just adds another dimension i think to the the storyline and in, in penguin's it's kind of slightly um, divorced from all of this. But with the Penguin story, you know, where he finds out really what happened to his father, we also have the other story of Alfred and uh, Bruce Wayne essentially re reuniting, but also uh, Bruce Wayne and Selina's ongoing story. So in addition to those two main stories, we do have these other side stories that have kind of just been bubbling along in the background. And yeah. of course, then we get the ultimate bubbling storyline along in the background, which is the, the computer, um, with mm-hmm. Lucius Fox finally, uh, using his technologically wondrous hands to, um, fix the computer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, great to see a little bit of a reveal to Bruce that that computer is back online. So really cool. Just like my Commodore 64 in the 80s, it took quite literally weeks and months to load up. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So as always, the way we talk about our episodes is we discuss our top five points that we've seen in the episode and maybe a couple of notes uh, to make sure that we cover as much as we can about each of the episodes of Gotham. Uh, John, do you want to kick us off with your first point? I do. Um, it was Shakespeare's birthday recently, and of course, one of his uh, great, uh, well-known pieces of work is Titus Andronicus, mm-hmm. uh, where the um, the family of one of the uh, protagonists in that is served to his mother um, in the shape of a pie, and we have this wonderful moment where he serves. Sasha and Charles to Grace Vandal uh, in this great sort of twist 
and just vicious uh, revenge that um, Oswald takes upon the Vandals uh, for the murder and death of his father. And of course, it just serves as a nice um, shock point to really knock him out of all that conditioning that Hugo Strange sort of bet into him whilst he was in Arkham. And we see the wondrous uh, weapon of choice, the knife return. Mm -hmm. This this time a carving knife uh, planted firmly into Grace uh, Vandal. Fantastic. Loved it. There's nothing like a bit of Titus Andronicus um, (laughs) to really get uh, a nice meaty storyline going. Uh, pardon the old pun. Absolutely, um, yes. Spoilers for that 500-year-old play. If you uh, if you didn't get to see it before now, but yeah. yes, uh, well, it's moments. been it's been ripped off in South Park before. Mm-hmm. There was a fabulous. Um, Stage production done at the Globe in London, um, which I didn't go and see, but I know that my mum did. She's a big fan of theatre, and um, I believe that in the program there was something like a thousand liters of blood spilled yeah, uh, at the, that theater one of the most used amounts of blood in any stage production wasn't it it's like hugely that? bloody is titus yeah. andronicus one of um uh, shakespeare's most bloody and of course that is reflected here uh, as well mm-hmm. i also had i think there is also a film uh, entitled the same um yeah. uh, as the play but yeah we have the bloody vengeance and we have the iconic aspect of having your own children fed to you as uh, Oswald does here for Grace. Another quick point as well is that uh, Grace Van Dahl is played by Melinda Clark, who played Julie Cooper from the OC. So we have another, we did have another <laughs> OC um, alumni here, obviously Ben McKenzie. Um, so that's just another little interesting side note here. Absolutely, yeah. The, um, the, the OC are, are making it large, I think, in Gotham. They are, they are, yeah. But unfortunately, they didn't have any scenes together and doesn't look like they're going to have any scenes together unless Jim attends her funeral for some reason. Uh, yeah, that was obviously one of my points as well. Really enjoyed this in the return of the penguin and i love how how dramatically it's done uh, with him standing over grace wearing his proper penguin regalia standing at full height probably five foot one five foot two isn't he um, probably but with his and he's o- on a footstool as well <laughs> absolutely but with his old haircut back as well you know uh which he, which he obviously comments on i'm doing my hair in a new way thank you for noticing uh to grace really good really good to see him back we've had quite a few episodes now without the real penguin uh great to see him back on form uh, what i really like about this particular scene is how well it's put together for gotham um a slight twist in it and it could really have been something that came out of uh hannibal for example you know know it's very creepy but managed in such a way that it does fit the tone of the show which could scare your children if you do allow them to stay up late enough to watch gotham in the first place um you know seeing him effectively lick his lips and then uh mention the fact that he has tasted both of the children that, that he's eaten both of them and says one's more tender than the other you know um there is also a little moment right at the end where he's drinking a glass of what could possibly be Grace's blood because it's his face is covered in blood, his body's covered in blood, the glass is red wine possibly, but he could also be drinking a glass of blood. So has he gone full Hannibal in the, in this show? Or is that just implied? I don't know. Maybe the blood of his enemy makes him stronger, more mm-hmm. powerful, more crazy and more psychotic. Definitely. I mean, poor Charles is the gamey, uh, tough meat here, right. whereas Sasha is the, the tender bit of brisket and um, being <laughs> being roasted away uh on well 
in the oven, I suppose. Um, it's, al- it's almost like MasterChef. It um, is. It really is. Um, Oswald MasterChef does it again, serves up a pile of crud, um, but... One is tender than the other. Absolutely. I do forget that you podcasted about a full season of Hannibal, so you yeah. have a lot of things to get off your chest sometimes. I know. Um, beating <laughs> my chest like a, a silverback gorilla. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this just to me was fantastic. Certainly. Absolutely. Really, really enjoyed it. He also, um, purposefully poisons his dog, and that's where we really see the maniacal, uh, laugh coming from Oswald as he really becomes then the penguin, returns to the penguin. Gets himself suited and booted, and by the end of it, he's got a brand new gaff all to himself and the fortune of his father, mm-hmm. as well as some handy tailoring tips that he, he learned from his dad whilst he was still with us. Absolutely. I'm expecting the monocle to come out very soon again, definitely. Uh, yeah, excellent scene. I can't uh, can't really say too much more about it. John, anything else about that scene? Nope, just fantastic. I love it when they do... Um, gore like this and I think it works really well with Oswald I love the fact that Oswald's weapon of choice is the knife mm-hmm. it just makes it so much more personal brutal and I think um, I really do think that Robin Lord Taylor has got this down to a T uh, knifing people he's really got it <laughs> kind of uh, honed now at this stage and it's good to see another victim because quite frankly Stepmom was a horrible uh, despicable uh, woman, I mean, you know, your slut mother's goulash, mm-hmm. um, that we don't need to hire a servant, we can use Oswald. I mean, all of it was just fairly brutal for the previous, um, Hugo corrupted, um, naive and, and timid Oswald Cobblepot, but it unleashed the lion. Or dare I say it, it unleashed the dragon. <laughs> just to keep that Hannibal <laughs> to reference. To keep that Hannibal reference, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, we want to just put a little disclaimer here. Obviously, we do not mean that Robin Lord Taylor is a murderer and does good murderings. The character of Oswald Cowlpot and the Penguin are pretty absolutely. much got it no, down. He's yeah. honed that, that <laughs> part of Oswald Cobblepot really, really well. Yep. So, Derek, what's your next murderous point? <laughs> Mine's not as murderous as yours. <laughs> uh, mine is the opening sequence because I really, really enjoyed seeing Selena and Bruce back together. Uh, opening sequence where they're, uh, they've essentially stolen some money from a criminal. Uh, love the little touches in here. The fact that we've got Bruce making the jump across two buildings, um, which he couldn't do in the first season when working with Selena, which I love that he's it's showing the progression and the things that he's learned from Selena. Yeah, really cool shot, actually, oh, from it's underneath. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think it was put up on Gotham on 5 early on uh, last week. They put on the clip of it just showing that underneath shot as Bruce jumps overhead. Beautiful shot. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, What I really liked about it as well is obviously that he takes the money and throws it over the edge um, because he doesn't want the criminal to have it. Selena's hugely surprised because that's how she makes all of her money. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> Love that moment. He and retains he's... enough for a burger, though. Yes, he does. <laughs> but he also has a great Dark Knight moment there where he says, this is just training. I'm just trying to learn things about the criminals of Gotham City. How am I supposed to defeat them if I don't know everything I can about them effectively? Uh, so this is showing his training to become Batman. Uh, really good to see a bit more of that from uh, from Bruce. And kind of exactly what I wanted when he ran off with Selena. I didn't want them to disappear for months uh, on end without seeing them on the show uh, great to see these scenes showing the progression of uh, of the character of Bruce it must be now 
uh, about six to eight weeks, given the time jumps in the last two episodes. I think it's about six to eight weeks since um, since he's been out in the streets with uh, with Selena. So that's really cool, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it's just good to see that. And I mean, I suppose it's kind of one of my other points. Um, so I'm going to bring it in here, uh, which is just the 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 crushing personal choice that he has to make at the end of this that's forced upon him by by Alfred. I just thought this was really really good. First of all, it was just great to have Alfred and Bruce back together again as well. And um, it was great to have Selena there as well because of obviously that turbulent history with, with Alfred. Certainly. But ultimately, um you know, he is asked to make this choice which is one that Batman has to do as well, which is essentially become a Batman bachelor um for the rest of his life oh. and to some extent that's a bachelor yes exactly <laughs> um so that you know you either are investigating your parents murder or and preventing crime you know the computer has been um has been repaired by lucius fox mm-hmm. you're either doing this or you're with her out on the streets. You can't have both. And in fairness to Alfred, I love the fact that the 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 reason that Alfred um, says to to Bruce is that your father saw fit to hide it away from the ones that he loved because it was so disturbing. Mm-hmm. That no matter what about my relationship or previous relationship and past with Selena, you're not going to put her in harm's way. She's obviously loyal to you and she has helped you along all this time. Yeah. For that, he gives her the cred. So it's kind of a softening, I think, in some respects of Alfred's view of Selena. But at the same time, he asks Bruce to make that difficult choice of it's the work or or her. You can't have both. Do you think he's being honest in the scene? I was wondering about Not that. Not necessarily. I, I agree that the motives of why he's doing this is um, is slightly unclear because he is also pretty um, cutting and scathing to Jim Gordon here as well, and and the subtext of that I think is a bit clearer. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I might as well bring it up now because that's one of my other points. Okay. So I'm getting two in one here, uh, but this is really you know the subtext of him. Really having a go at uh, Jim Gordon. It's really uncompromising from Alfred. Um, you know, he says the phrase, you can't unfry an egg, as my dad always used to say. Um, and, and it's really, you know, let's talk about your predicament. You, you, um, have been accused of murder. You've been put away. You've been sent to court. Um, you've escaped and you've tracked down the, the person who framed you. There is an underlying suggestion or the subtext that I certainly got was you did all this for yourself, but you couldn't find the the murderer of Thomas and Martha Wayne, two of the most prominent people in uh, Gotham, gunned down in the open. um, And that has just fallen absolutely flat. Yeah. And for me, that was the subtext of what he was saying there. Again, really uncompromising. Bruce has been uncompromising uh, as well to him about this, really called him out in, in a previous uh, episode. Can't remember which one exactly, but, you know, he really pulls out that, well, you've not done anything to further the investigation of uh, my, my parents' death. So I think that this then sets up us as the audience to question Alfred's motives for giving that ultimatum to young Bruce Certainly. of um, it's either the work or it's Selena Kyle. You can't have both. Um, there is an element of me which would suggest 
despite him saying, um, you know, it's to protect her from any potential, um, uh, any potential ramifications of the information on the computer, that it is also still that he's never liked that relationship from developing. And he is maybe trying to, again, undermine it and stop it from uh, sprouting true love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've loved these scenes with Alfred and, and Bruce in the past, and this is no exception. It's another one of those great scenes. But the scene with Alfred and Jim, uh, definitely, I think uh, one of our listeners, Claire Payne, pointed out on Twitter, uh, there's a bit of a moment with Alfred where he's effectively, not only is he pointing out the fact that Jim did all of this stuff for himself, what he's also saying is, you've done all of this stuff and you've put it, brought it at my doorstep. You've brought it back to Bruce again. You're putting him in danger again. You're on the run from the cops and you've come to my mansion effectively to the, to the Wayne Absolutely. mansion, uh, putting Bruce in jeopardy. If it wasn't for you, Bruce wouldn't be in the trouble that he's in, uh, is kind of what he's saying to him with the little, little bit of subtext. But I do like, do like that little moment where Jim says to him, uh, I'm not going to explain what happened. Uh, it's very complicated. And Alfred lays it out in about three or four, three or four world words. He just kind of says to him, well, all this stuff happened. Now, what are you going to do about it? You know, uh, really good showing that Alfred is paying a significant amount of attention to, uh, to what's going on in the life of Jim Gordon. Um, really good stuff. Loved this. Loved this stuff in the episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Derek, what's your next point or points? Uh, just another little touch from Jim. I'm going to get a lot of, a lot of little points in this episode because I thought there's some great stuff in here. I uh, love the little touch of Jim walking down the alleyway and seeing the woman uh, being attacked. And he he's trying to blend in. He's trying to walk away from it. But that's not Jim Gordon. He has to try and save her. Uh, love that little touch that he is still... Um, he is still a cop underneath it all, despite the fact that he gives it up at the end of the episode. Um, he is still a cop. He does still have that reaction immediately when he sees someone in Gotham being attacked. He will try and take them down, take out the criminals, which he does effectively. Uh, and then for some reason looks like he's pulling the knife on the, uh, on the victim and she screams and runs away. Um, so I don't know. Maybe she recognized who it was and he's a murderer. He's on TV, obviously. So I presume that's what it's supposed to, uh, intimate, but maybe he's also, you know, he's looking pretty beaten up now. He's wearing the kind of criminal garb you see in Gotham. He's wearing the, uh, the hat over his head. He's wearing the dark clothes. So maybe she does think that he was just trying to, uh, take out the other thief. So she, so he could be the one to, uh, to, uh, rip her off, you know? Uh, but I did like the touch i really think it's a, a kind of a, a nice touch to see we still have our jim gordon in there somewhere despite all the things he's gone through absolutely and one of the other cool things about the scene is once again it takes place right beside another piece of jerome graffiti the uh, big smiling face with the ha 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 underneath it I'm wondering if they're trying to say in gotham that a lot of crime is happening because of the jerome influence still uh, that seem to be tr- seem to be bringing that out quite a lot we've seen that particular uh, that particular graffiti we've seen it quite a lot in the show so i'm wondering if they're trying to say that the influence of the joker is still spreading wide and large absolutely or at least of jerome of jerome i think yeah definitely yeah it's really good seeing jim you know back with his moral code the um protecting the the the, the lady being mugged and um, it obviously puts him in the line of fire of one of the gcpd cops and um, mm-hmm. which he you know suddenly alerts the whole gcpd to the presence but you know ultimately that's a good thing because they um, help him out um, and it also allows uh, Ed to really get ensnared later on um, in the uh, trap laid for him by Bruce, Jim, Alfred and Selena. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, John, do you want to take us on to your next point? Is this a bird? Is this a plane? 
No, it's a cuckoo clock. Um, <laughs> and more importantly, it is Dark Nigma or the Riddler. Um, just really, really fantastic. I, I, I loved this whole scene in Ed Nigma's, um, apartment. In particular, the shot where Jim finally, um, reveals Ed Nigma, lays him out burr, essentially saying, you are the person behind this. That whole red lighting, um, just the expression on Corey Michaels, uh, Smith's face, uh, really superb. A really, I mean, to me, we've said, this is the Riddler being born now. No, he's being born now. No, he's being born now. Yeah. Um, this is it. I think this is definitely the big, reveal the truth of Enigma. Mm-hmm. And he even says it in the woods at the end. It was always there. I just had to um believe it and know the truth for myself. Um but this whole thing where the psychopath, the word psychopath is oh, the yeah. trigger word. Um and he just finds that, you know, seemingly offensive and calls out Jim Gordon's um killing behavior. You know, that someone who did that would be sick, diseased. You know, there she blows as the kettle whistles, you know, as that just to highlight the tension of this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim, this is where he really, I think, understands that Ed is uh, behind all of this. He already knows that it's someone who's a cop, that it, you know, obviously I love the idea that it could be a, a lobe loyalist. Yeah, um, that's a really great choice, nice yeah. little, um, reference to all the hassle that Jim has caused um Commissioner Loeb or the ex-Commissioner Loeb. Just a really nice reference back to all of that. Um And here, then, you know, two and two do become four, and he really understands that it is Enigma behind all of this. Really, really good. Oh, Corey Mucklesworth is just fantastic in these scenes. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it does give us our Batman 66 moment for the episode, which is the... Uh, the chair being hooked up to the mains electrics <laughs> of the uh, of the apartment. Brilliant moment, though, I must say. I really like the idea that as Jim walks in, uh, Ed makes him sit on a specific chair. You see him guiding him very particularly to that chair. Yeah. You know there's something there. Absolutely. He, he takes the controller for it out of his pocket because so he knows that there is a plan in place in case Jim is there to to find out about Ed's, uh, Ed's murderous ways. Um, but it is still a great Batman 66 moment as, uh, as Jim blows off the chair onto the floor with... Uh, with the electric shock coming through. Exactly. It's a great line. I knew you knew. That's why your chair is the one wired to the mains. Mm -hmm. Um, Electric. Really good little um, Batman 66 moment. Really nice delivery from Corey Michael Smith. Fantastic. Really just loved this. This was superb Enigma. It's really good where he gives the final riddle. You know, that riddle's answer is death. Um, He's the then surrounded by the GCPD. And I do like the, his vain attempt to escape from <laughs> essentially the encroaching police officers of the GCPD. I mean, there's nowhere to go really, but he tries his vain hope to run. I love his fall here into, into the snow and the oh crud moment. Um, that's just great for me. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think we probably would all say oh crud at that moment but his comedy trip over the, the tree fantastic. is fantastic yep. um, 
It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I laugh my head off, and then the okra <laughs> just sealed it. Brilliant. Yep, yeah, definitely. Really, really enjoyed it. I, I absolutely love these scenes with Ednick, but really, really good. And, and some of the best parts of the episode. I love I love how he looks. I love how he dresses. He's got his own sense of style now. Uh, usually wearing the lab coat early on in season one and season two. He's now starting to develop his own style, similar to the way the penguin has. Um, not yet the greens this time, or the, it's the reds, but, uh, but definitely like it. Very cool. As we're on the comedy moments, I think it's time to bring in our uh, our Bullockisms for the week because Harvey Bullock had a lot to do in this episode. Um, I think, Fantastic! I think his his opening line where he says the people of Gotham can eat my socks um, is a is a great little Bullockism for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, he, he's got his own little sugar plum as well. Yeah, little Ginny, I think she's called, um, although she is far from little, uh, <laughs> but presumably gives um, huge amounts of pleasure um, to uh, Harvey Bullock as he calls her Sugar Plum. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Love that. I love it. You know, sacrifices have to be made in the name of the truth for mm-hmm. Jim. Uh, and here is Harvey putting his life on the line with his Sugar Plum um, as uh, you know, obviously, this allows Jim to get the tape, um, so he's really good. Yeah. I love his phrase in the car the, the next day where he goes, Barnes is on the hunt. I just think that's a really nice way of describing Captain Nathaniel Barnes. Mm-hmm. Really apt, really like that. You know, he finally has to say, you know, I have to part ways here, and Jim is very much in agreement because Barnes is having him followed. Really liked it. Yeah, and um, one of the other things I did like about at the moment with the IA sugar plum, uh, as we'll call her, because I can't, I couldn't rec- reconcile whether it was Ginny or not. So I'm not sure if it was Ginny or not. Um, but I do like the f- the fact that she does bring up the fact that. Harvey is engaged. Everybody knows he's engaged or was engaged to Scotty. Um, but we haven't seen her since episode two, since he decided to rejoin the GCPD. I like, I like when they bring in a little bit of history in for the characters. Uh, Bullock doesn't just live at the GCPD. He is a cop, but he does have a past life that we're, that we should be getting to know more of by this time in the second season. So I like the fact that they call it and um, that Scotty Mullen did exist. So, uh, so that was good. Just even in the, in the scene. I know it's a comedy scene, but, uh, but I did enjoy it definitely. Great to see some, some good stuff from Harvey in this episode. Without him, Jim wouldn't be free. So, uh, definitely worth seeing him again. Absolutely. Um, John, do you want to take us on to your next point? Yeah, it's my final point. Um, and that's just the overall theme for this episode of Gotham. Um, it was just really, really good because it was for me all about truth. We have the truth that's in on the computer. Uh, that's about to be revealed um, or is being revealed as it loads up and gets rebooted by Alfred and Bruce uh, mm-hmm. down in the proto-Batcave. We have the truth of Ed Nigma now, that he is the Riddler, that he is Machiavellian, he is conniving, and he is ruthless in his execution of that. We have the truth come out of Jim Gordon, where he is now, um, you know, has been exonerated for the um the murder of officer pinkney from strike force um really good um it sets him up now back in the world of gotham and finally we have the truth for oswald that his father was murdered and this sets him back to his own truth that he is the penguin mm. he is a mobster he is a psychopath and he will kill no matter how much hugo strange um works on him that that has now been undone and you know he is free to waddle off um 
into the sunset as the penguin. So I, I loved all this, um, this truth, um, being revealed or on the cusp of being revealed in, in the case of what's in that computer. And that's the intriguing thing for me is really to find out now what is on that hard disk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Been waiting quite a long time to see that. That was the, uh, the big reveal uh, at the start of the season, really, wasn't it? That, uh, that there was this computer. So, um, nice to see it almost at the end of the season. It gets you licking your chops for, for episode 18, which is absolutely fantastic to do. You know, it finishes off with it purring away like a good old fashioned, you know, Sinclair or Commodore or Atari <laughs> uh, computer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, my last point is the other big moment in this episode. Barbara Keane is back, baby. Is she back to full sanity? It doesn't seem like even the good Doctor uh, Strange or the good Professor Strange. Not Doctor Strange, that's another property. Even the roads in Gotham are all leading to Doctor Strange film out in October 2016. <laughs> that's true, that's uh, true. Which we will certainly be covering on our a sister podcast, Defenders TV podcast that looks at all things Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, but anyway, Professor Strange doesn't even <laughs> seem to uh, to understand whether she is telling the truth, whether she's lying, whether she's just got a good cover. Uh, really enjoyed these moments because we're seeing a little bit of a fractious, uh, or at least a fracture in the relationship between Peabody and uh, Professor Strange, who seemed very close and seemed to be, uh, she seemed to be willing to do pretty much everything that he told her to do, uh, earlier on in the season. What I really like in this, in these scenes are that she's trying to push the agenda that she used to think he had, which was, um, can we not just use this tool, the, uh, the deep dream tool, I think she calls it? Uh, can we not just use that on Barbara? And he says, um, we have a good hammer, but not everybody in here are nails. So uh, I like the fact that he's not just willing to uh, use it on everybody. He does feel that uh, that there's a possibility that Barbara's lying just to get out of prison. Um, I kind of feel the same myself, uh, I must admit. But I like the fact that he sends her out into the city of Gotham and says, whatever happens, it'll be interesting anyway. Yeah, exactly. That was <laughs> really so good. good. Um, I don't know what she'll do. But it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. So it does make me question whether he actually had a plan for Oswald or whether he just likes seeing the chaos and likes seeing the city burn a bit when you, uh, when you send out somebody into the city and you're not really able to predict their movements. Um, kind of really, well, really liking, uh, BD Wong's portrayal of Professor Strange in the show. I think it's, it's a really interesting version of the character. Uh, maybe he's not, not as, um, I suppose, uh, plus driven or as uh, as conniving as we thought he was uh, when he came onto the show. Maybe he just likes to see what happens when he uh, throws something into the mix like a convicted murderer um, or two uh, convicted murderers like the Penguin and uh, and Barbara. So still really looking forward to seeing what happens underneath uh, Indian Hill. But for next week, I'm pretty certain we're going to see what happens when Barbara meets Jim again and tries to convince him that she is actually sane. She thinks maybe she doesn't feel insane anyway exactly <laughs> uh, that overall those are my top five points john that's yeah that's five. my top five points as well of this excellent episode right. i've just got a few notes um one of them is the stitching that um uh bruce does on um selena's ripped leather jacket mm. the stitching is very reminiscent of michelle pfeiffer's um stitching on the the cat suit on 
in Catwoman from uh, Batman 2. That's right. Yeah, I think uh, Richard Blaze pointed that out on Twitter as well while he was watching the episode. Good catches there, boys. Very good. Uh, yeah, I like that, like that little moment that uh, Bruce is the one that stitches it up. And she seems particularly taken with that type of stitching as if she's going to learn how to do it herself in future. Yeah, good, good touch. Good touch. I also love the fact that Charles... Um, Vandal did seem to like um, Oswald Slut Mother's goulash as well, um, until he was told that he shouldn't like it by his mum. I do feel that maybe the the gamey, chewy Charles um, probably got the worst deal here. He could have been fairly accommodating for for Oswald, methinks. Maybe um, so. Had I, Grace I liked, been out of the picture, yeah. Had Grace been out of the picture, <laughs> I did kind of just like that little touch because it obviously drives Grace to asking for the roast dinner, and she gets roast kiddies mm-hmm. in the end. Absolutely, really good. Definitely. I have a couple of points myself. We kind of mentioned it earlier on, but just to call it out again, Jim's not going back to the GCPD. He's not going to be a detective for the GCPD until he solves the Wayne murder. So hopefully that means we're going to get a resolution to this storyline that's led from episode one of season one all the way to, to date. So uh, potentially by the end of, of season two, we're going to have a bit more resolution for that, uh, which I'd love. I'd really, really enjoy seeing uh, that story closed off uh, for the moment. I think it's around time um, that maybe the combined powers of uh, of Thomas Wayne's computer and Jim Gordon can hopefully solve this crime uh, would be good. Um, the other one I wanted to call out was in the final speech from uh, from Ed Nigma to Jim Gordon. Really, really enjoyed that moment between the two of them where uh, Ed kind of says, um, I've been hiding right under your nose. Does that make you incompetent that you didn't notice me right there? Um, does that make you a bad detective? I, I've always been, I've always been around. I've always been doing this. Um, really like that. Uh, I, I also like the fact that he points out that he's a monster. Um, and it calls out that Jim also is a monster because he's done the same kind of things as Ed Nigma. Uh, you mentioned that, but uh, I like that he calls it out to him and, and says, um, I don't understand that you, uh, that you of all people can't imagine there's a monster in every one of us uh, knowing what you did you know absolutely I, I really like his call to you know i was your friend says jim and he goes were you jim were you really or did you pity me mm-hmm. you know was it there's there's poor ed with his riddles and his silly games you know it is that idea of um the 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 bullying or the the ignoring of Enigma has driven him to ultimately accept the one person that accepted him for who he was, which was his other personality. That's right. And it, it's really a nice little call out, I think. And speaking of which, actually seeing Dark Enigma again for the first time in uh, in five or six episodes uh, was really good. When uh, when we have that moment in the mirror as Ed talks to himself and uh, tries to work out the percentage possibility that uh, Jim will find penguin and penguin will give him up really enjoyed that i'm really glad that you brought up that scene i think that mirror scene is absolutely fantastic i love it when they do those moments with ed enigma i think it's a great thematic trait for his character absolutely uh, where you've got that jumping and, and fluxing of the other ed enigma it's just really cool and it's a really great um trait for this character absolutely loved it Mm -hmm. and finally the breakup between selena and bruce just really felt very final this time uh for some reason uh with selena saying well get on with your life um i'm not gonna see you again where she says to bruce 
well, it's because you're a Wayne and I'm street trash and that's the way it's always going to be. I like that she's, again, breaking that separation. One of the things about this episode for me is that it really felt like it could have been a season finale uh, or could have had a big gap afterwards. Um, I'm not sure whether in the US, because I've kind of lost a little bit of touch in the US uh, to how how these episodes are scheduled. I'm not sure whether there was a break of a week or two after this episode, but I can imagine there was. This felt like there was a lot of cliffhangers or a lot of big setups uh, as we go into the last final five episodes of the of the series and um, but this moment between selena and bruce really felt like the end of their relationship as bruce goes deeper into the investigation and uh, selena disappears back into the city and one final note from me is that we did have in the little recap of the previous events in gotham we did have the hello dears from arkham nurse uh, come back, which was really cool as well. <laughs> yes, yes, that was really good fun. Um, I think with that, that's kind of the end of our discussion on this episode. John, overall? Yeah, loved this episode of Gotham. Uh, really, really did. I would give this 4.5 sugar plums, actually, uh, out <laughs> of 5. This, to me... That's a large score. Yeah, it is a large score, and it's got uh, Harvey Bullock all over it. Um, I really <laughs> do think that um, this was great ensemble Gotham at its best um, with a great theme running through it that linked all these different stories. Um, we have the Riddler. We have Oswald returning as the Penguin. Um, we have the computer finally being cracked and fixed by um, by Lucius Fox. We have Jim's uh, resolution. And it's all really nicely brought together with... Captain Barnes with Alfred with um with Harvey all of these different elements e- even Barbara Keane coming back yeah. and Hugo Strange there's literally every single character so far um in Gotham that's active at the moment in this episode mm-hmm. and for that it was superb and in particular I loved the Titus Andronicus moment here for Oswald Cobblepot returning to Penguin in true fashion with violence, with knives and with two roast joints. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. This is one of my highest rated episodes for me. This is higher than a 4.5. This is close to perfection of oh. Gotham for me. This is, this is exactly what I like about the show. You know, this is all the stuff I really enjoy. I don't mind the fact that there aren't everything tied up in this episode. Uh, I like the fact that we're going to be seeing more next week. That's the, that's the exciting episodes of Gotham for me. Um, yeah. And I think they've done a great job. I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing more. Uh, next week and with that i think it's on to some feedback that we uh, got um for this episode and on twitter mm-hmm. some of the twitter responses we got was claire payne says i personally think that this is my favorite oswald scene the pacing of sane back to penguin was brilliant completely agree claire uh, this was a fantastic moment and um, even down to him wearing the new clothes and um, i think the ones that were being tailored by um elijah vandal really good and um, to see that because it becomes much more iconically with the tails and the bow tie penguin and um, i'm hoping that we see an umbrella much more uh, prevalent uh, in the costumes now that we see oswald or the penguin in and of course it just sets up so much for um how does he come back into contact with butch gilzean and obviously we have seen um his old mentor 
uh, fish mooney in that tank uh, down in uh, and under Indian Hill. So this is going to be fascinating. Absolutely. Fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think I mentioned all the other Twitter responses that we got as we went through the episode. Uh, but over on Facebook, on our Facebook group, which is, as I mentioned earlier on, just facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast. Uh, Richard Blaze says, it really held up well after last week's Dode episode and some fana- fantastic dynamics between the characters. And was it just me, or did it look even more stylish than normal? Just found the whole city and interiors bristling with a perfect mix of old and modern. Uh, yeah, I totally get what you mean. I think I mentioned earlier on in, in the opening of the episode that the director of this episode has been going since the 70s, he's done pretty much every show that I could think of. He's done some kind of episodes for it, so I wonder if his directing style, or the fact that he's been around such a long time, uh, has added a bit of extra uh, to the sets and to the to the shots that he chose for the episode. Absolutely. I think uh, Annalise goes on to say, uh, this was one of my favorite episodes of the season so far. I can assure you that it keeps getting better. I love that Dark Ed returned for this episode. I always was a fan of his split personality. Completely agree with you, Annalise. Um, you know, the mirror scene is fantastic. I think that lighting in uh, Ed Nigma's apartment as he's revealing and, and peeling back these these layers of the good uh, or the light Ed Nigma, and that final look where he's kind of got his hand on his chin and he's he's lit by the red in the darkness of his apartment uh, and just seeing um Jim Gordon's face fantastic Absolutely. and i love the kookiness of the cuckoo clock going off as well it really adds to i think the the the, the spirit and the feel that gotham captures really well is that kooky weirdness of the batman 66 with um it being kind of brought into a much more kind of maybe modern slightly more violent aspect Certainly. um as well so this was really good i i agree Love the split personality of Ed Nigma. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Dawn also says, one of my favorite episodes too. Ed's capture is brilliant. Completely agree. I don't know whether he was doing Snow Angels <laughs> or I think on Twitter as well, uh, someone mentioned, I can't remember who it was now, so apologies. Um, uh, but it was, um, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for that that damn tree, right. you know, kind of thing <laughs> as he trips over in the snow. I thought Ed's capture around that tripping up as well was excellent, that he's yeah. lured out there, that he thinks that Jim's there alone. He thinks that it's it's been Oswald that that, that squawks. Um, and in the end, I love his sort of... Um, his immediate response is to say, I'm capturing Jim Gordon when Captain Barnes and the rest of the, the GCPD police officers come out from behind the trees, having heard everything. Yeah. He's still trying to be, um, you know, the forensic enigma, uh, known to everyone in the GCPD precinct. Yeah. Um, really, really good, uh, the capture of Enigma here. Fantastic. Absolutely. I think on Twitter it was either, uh, our friend from New York, Ricky Valles, or the wonderfully named Ed Weird Nigma. Uh, I think it was Ed Weird Nigma. <laughs> one, one yeah. of the two. Um, thanks very much for that. Guys over on Facebook, uh, as I mentioned, come on over and join us over there for our discussions uh, during the week as we wait for new episodes of uh, of Gotham on 5 to air. Uh, our first email this week is from Claire. She talks about last 
week's episode, episode 16, Prisoners. Uh, she says, good morning, Gotham TV podcast. As always, you talked and brought up really interesting points about this episode of Gotham. First of all, the small but prominent return of Don, Don Falcone was really good. He's one of my favorite characters at first. It did surprise me that Harvey contacted him, but made sense. Harvey needed someone with connections to get Jim out of World's End. Harvey breaking the news to Jim about Leslie losing their baby was a huge, somber moment, but I felt Harvey was the right person to tell him. Again, Ben and Donald proved how amazing their on-screen chemistry is. Yeah, totally agree. I don't know whether we mentioned it in the episode, but I did really enjoy that that scene and how it was delivered between the two of them. Uh, Harvey is generally seen as the comedy relief or the comic relief uh, throughout all of the episodes, but he is a wonderful actor. Donald Logue is one of my favorite actors and one of the only ones I knew coming into the series to begin with. Uh, I think we mentioned it back on our on our early episodes. Uh, I do remember him from uh, from many other things over in the past. So uh, so it is great to give him some good meaty uh, dialogue and a good a good moment with Jim. Claire goes on to say, I do agree. Jim removing Puck from hospital was a weak point in the episode. The scenes between Jim and Puck were so good because you got to know why Puck respected Jim. Uh, because the governor of the, of the prison had already decided Jim's fate and wanted him dead by the end of the week, I wasn't expecting a huge criminal character to appear and give Jim a rough time. Just mentioning ex-commissioner Loeb was enough for me to think Jim is not, is not safe. Uh, the opening scene of Jim and seeing what his day-to-day life was like in, ba- in Blackgate was beautifully filmed. You really felt the time was endless. I can't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a great um, opening sequence there of Jim going through the, the, the repeat of prison life. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, I, I, I think, you know, I agree. I mean, you know, Puck's introduction to me felt like it was going to be Jim's conscience was mm-hmm. going to really um, set him on this path to recovery because I must say, yeah, Don Falcone, that was a surprise. I didn't think he was going to necessarily get um, released or sort of break out of prison at that moment. So to to have um, Puck there was that really good kind of conscience and I think that was slightly undone for me by uh, sort of Puck uh, being escaped at the same time by Jim despite all the trouble of Harvey Bullock to go to Don Falcone to arrange and organize this breakout. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, Claire continues on the other side uh, of Gotham in the Vandal Mansion. Oswald and Elijah bonding and becoming closer was superb. It does sadden me that Elijah was only around for two episodes, but the impact he had on Oswald's life was brilliant. Uh, he made a lost and damaged soul feel loved and wanted. The ghost stories around the dining table had a great atmosphere on how Elijah met Grace was a great bit of history in who exactly Sasha and Charles are to Oswald whether they were half or step siblings. Uh, when Elijah proudly announced Oswald as his only true blood relative and reaction was priceless, especially when Sasha broke the wine glass. Uh, yeah, yeah, nice little moment. Uh, I know you said that that, uh, that side of the storyline worked much better for you, John. I, I loved this side of the storyline. I, I really, really did. Um, and I think um, it was such a... It was classic Gotham for me, um, in the same way that this episode has been. Um, and, and I think that's what I really, really enjoyed, uh, about seeing, um, Oswald's side and story in this, uh, with Elijah and with the other Vandals. Um, it really kind of just keeps adding to the canon of Oswald. And that's what I really like. I think Oswald, like Enigma, has been layered so well in Gotham. Um, over um all the episodes and the seasons to date and they just keep adding sort of extra layers here um which i am absolutely really really enjoying 
Definitely, definitely. Uh, back to Claire. She says, I did feel as Oswald and Elijah's father-son relationship became stronger, it made Elijah admit to a few regrets in his life, abandoning Gertrude when he clearly loved her and his flair for being Taylor. Again, the connection and why Oswald has always been a dapper suit wearer has now been made clear. It's in his family history. And again, fingers crossed that there's a Falcone Moroni connection of some kind. When Elijah collapsed the first time, I felt his relationship with Grace was slightly strained. It was the mention of the chicken soup and calling the lawyers to obviously change his will. To me, Elijah was starting to keep Grace at arm's length because he had his own blood relative back in his life. Yeah, I definitely see that. Claire says, I don't think he would have ended the marriage and kicked them out, but I felt a definite distance occurring. The plot to kill Oswald and confront his past and the failed seduction was done perfectly. Elijah being so proud of Oswald, being a famous criminal, was a personal highlight. He had already accepted his confession. So again, a brilliant failed attempt by the Wicked Trio. Uh, Yeah, totally agree. Some great, there's definitely some great moments in the episode. I think overall, I just felt it didn't hang together as well. And seeing them laid out this way, we always love feedback from our listeners because it does give another perspective on it, especially in an episode that we didn't particularly like as much. Uh, It's good to see that there are some great moments of enjoyment for you, Claire. Absolutely. The the famous criminal aspect of it was really, really good, actually. Um, I'd loved the the obvious joy of Elijah uh, that, you know, his his son had infamy um, was really, really good. Um, and I think actually, you know, as episodes uh, get released and so on, I love that in this episode, it's what uh, Grace Van Dahl uses to say, we don't want you in the house anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable being under the roof with a notorious murderer. And I think she makes that point as well in uh, episode 16 as well. So I, I, I like that contrast between them. And I think that that hints at that widening gulf between the two definitely uh finally claire says elijah's father's office is definitely a way forward hopefully in finding out a bit more history and some guidance for oswald sleepwalking happens for a reason again lightning stunning staircase dapper pjs you don't get those in marks and spencers a beautifully shot scene chemistry between robin and paul rubin was very believable and i believe it was a genuinely good character with a past that he's managed to redeem Hopefully Oswald will get a bit of his bad boy penguin back next week and get his revenge on the Wicked Trio. Uh, But I do agree, I would not recommend this episode to anyone that has not seen Gotham. That's episode 16. 16. Yes, so we've definitely seen bad boy penguin back. But a really good point there from Claire about uh, possibly the office of uh, of Elijah being another source for uh, for now Oswald looking into the history of his past. This could be... The office of his father, of Elijah Van Dahl, could be to Oswald what the office of Thomas Wayne is to the young Bruce Wayne. There's a really nice little uh, aspect there, I think, definitely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Claire, for all that feedback. Um, And like yourself, I think we cannot wait to see now what happens in the next couple uh, of episodes that starts to run into the end of season two. Certainly after this episode, episode 17, this it looks like it's really um, getting more and more intriguing. Um, and we certainly know that Indian Hill has obviously got a big part to play here. It must have. Definitely. Also on the email, uh, we got some feedback from Natalie. Again, just to remind uh, our listeners that you can send in feedback at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. Um, Natalie says, another great episode. This one felt like all the pieces belonging together as opposed to some of the disparate and separate setups for later payoffs. 
the various arcs bumped into each other in a fairly believable fashion. Uh, absolutely agree here. This, I think, is why uh, we feel it's so strong. It's such a good uh, episode in, in that regard. Um, she goes on to say, uh, yes, it's dark and gruesome plot, but Penguin probably needed something drastic to be brought back to life. And no, your squeamish senses did not cut anything out. I did not see anything where Penguin went full Hannibal Lecter on the kids. The cannibalism was kept just to that shocking reveal. Um, also, I can see the case where the implied cannibalism actually saves Gotham from having to show the kids being brutalized or dead. As horrific as seeing a mother being tricked into eating from her own children is, it would be more graphic to see Penguin torture Grace's kids, even if the actors look more like full adults. Mm-hmm. Gotham dances a fine line between showing a brutal world while not being graphic about it. Perhaps one of the lines they draw is not to kill or mutilate their younger characters on screen. The closest to actual on-scene physical trauma to a child was the threat that got Silver to give up Matches Malone, and that did not need to be followed through. That's true. Um, absolutely. Um, I think for me, um, this... Uh, this whole plot with Penguin is fantastic. I think I've mentioned that. I love that it is a huge nod to Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus. Mm-hmm. It's a great little aspect here. Um, yes, Titus Andronicus is dark, devilishly gruesome, and absolutely violent. And it is about the battle um, and betrayal uh, of families, friends, and relatives, and getting one-upmanship. And this just fitted nicely into Penguin. And maybe Penguin is reborn maybe more violent. Um, More Penguin. Um, I think, you know, quite frankly, um, at the start of this season, he still is very much about... Uh, maintaining a Falcone type of approach is, you know, it needs to still be good for business. Yeah. Maybe this, with that maniacal laugh that he had uh, after poisoning the dog, suggests that whilst we have Penguin back, it's not the Penguin of old, that there are some significant changes. I do wonder if he will just be ruthless in killing Butch Gilzean. I hope not. Love the character. Absolutely. But it may feel... Um, appropriate and be true to the storyline of penguin that he has become this ruthless so um i i understand absolutely i think gotham has that fine line of, of, of being quite violent and um, but not too graphic and i think marrying it in with comedy as well produces its own set of balancing tricks that writers have to do that it doesn't um cheapen the violence but also that it's appropriate to the types of violence or the scene or it works into the episode well. So like it, it certainly makes it a difficult um, balancing act to, to do um, this kind of violence. But I still think they show quite a bit um, despite that. And certainly in respect to sort of bullet wounds uh, and um, sort of the aftermath of, of some of these uh, episodes, like with Grace Van Dahl at the head of the table uh, today. So um, really, really interesting yeah. uh, point here, Natalie. And, and as we have mentioned before, the, the episodes of Gotham Air in the UK and Ireland on Channel 5 at 10pm uh, on a Monday night. So um, we're really in the point where it's way beyond 
beyond the watershed, which is the point when you can't show that kind of violence. So uh, not sure if our sensors would ever actually cut out any of that violence. They might actually want it to be increased uh, for that time of night because kids can't watch uh, the episodes at that time of night. Uh, but yeah, really good points there, Natalie. Yep. Natalie goes on to say our final plot of the episode was a brief one of Barbara Keane, finally healthy enough to participate in in group uh, therapy, immediately starts saying all the right contrite and remorseful things. Miss Peabody suspects it's an act, but Hugo Strange is intrigued enough to let her go as a sort of experiment to observe. Naturally, this is really interesting, Natalie. Naturally, she says... Babs gravitates right to Jim's door, proving Peabody right and disproving the safety of Carmine Falcone's Gotham safe house. I didn't even think about that. No, absolutely. Really interesting that uh, Falcone's safe house maybe isn't as safe as we thought. Um, And also uh, proving that, yes, she goes straight to... um, to her source of craziness, which is Jim Gordon. Yeah. Really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I kind of, I don't know why it was in my head that it, Jim was staying in his apartment that we've never seen before on the show. I just assumed that's what's happening. But you're absolutely right. Carmel Falcone did give the offer to Jim that uh, I can give you my safe house. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, that said, I'm just thinking about it while we're, while we're talking. Um, Jim's free now. Uh, he doesn't need a safe house, isn't he? He might not technically so he, be in Falcone's safe house. Yeah, he may have gone back to his own apartment. Just thinking about it there. It could be that. But interesting Absolutely. point, though. Yeah. Um, and it will be interesting to see how Barbara Keane, um, how she um, reacts and how Jim reacts and how that progresses and develops in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, does he just chuck her out? Is there a fight? Is she crazy again? Or will she come uh, and be ultimately the um, mother of uh, one of his kids eventually? Maybe there's some huge reconciliation here. I think as well, uh, something that we completely uh, didn't mention um, explicitly, but is the trading of Ed Nigma for Barbara Keane in in Arkham. Uh, Natalie goes on and says, wraps up uh, Ed's arc really nicely but Sills leaves us with an added excuse to check in with the asylum before strangers involvement while giving us the chance to more conclusively settle things with Barbara absolutely and Natalie goes on to say that Penguin's a confrontation with Butch away from reclaiming his throne in Gotham's underworld mm-hmm. absolutely um, I think you know seeing Ed in the asylum knowing that it's got those leaky doors um, is really <laughs> going to be interesting to see when will he will he end up back uh, in Gotham by the end of the season or is he going to now be stuck in the asylum subject to strange uh, involving himself with Ed's uh, particular brand of of, uh, evil. Uh, I love the fact, yes, see how um, Barbara uh, is resolved more uh, with Jim Gordon. And yeah, as I said, to see how uh, Butch is dealt with by Penguin will be very, very interesting. Natalie finally says, whatever information is in Dad's computer, Thomas Wayne's computer, may go a long way to answering some of the questions of why and will certainly echo into Season 3. Mm-hmm. Wayne Enterprises is a conglomerate with many divisions, so there's likely much more corruption to investigate and clean up. All this is slowly clearing the stage for the finale and whatever the writers are starting to plan for season three it should be a fun final five episodes echoing what claire said absolutely i can't wait to see the final episodes i love the as you say 
this whole echoing the intrigue that may leak into season three is certainly um, interesting. I certainly thought that the the Wayne Enterprise aspect would be much more obvious in this season than it has been so far. But mm. who knows what will be in the last remaining episodes uh, mm-hmm. of this season. Maybe we'll um, see Martha Mathis back. Martha Mathis could quite easily come back. Yeah. Indeed, maybe the MCU will come back, given that Didn't Jim is going to start looking into Thomas and Martha Wayne's uh, case again. Maybe they've been doing this all all the time. Let's hope. Um, that's all I can say. Let's hope for the MCU return. Um, I will always say that. Um, but I really can't wait to see what echoes from this season into um, season three. Absolutely. Great point, Natalie. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your feedback, Natalie, and to Claire, and to all the other pieces of feedback that we got. Again, if you want to send us in your feedback, the longer ones, if you want to send them into our, our email address at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com, any of the shorter ones, Best to do them when we're, when we're live tweeting on a Monday night over on Twitter. Just go to, uh, ask Gotham TV podcast. And if you want to have a bit of a chat about the episode after it's aired, pop on over to us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Gotham TV podcast, uh, where we can chat about anything that's happened in the episodes as they've aired in the UK and Ireland. And of course, just a reminder that you can find us on Gotham TV podcast.com forward slash iTunes or just search Gotham TV podcast on any other good podcast catcher. Beyond Pod, Player FM, Podcast Addict, just search Gotham TV podcast. Subscribe, leave a review. Um, it is always much appreciated for any, uh, review feedback as well on the podcast absolutely and we're only a month away from ultimates in the uk where we're hopefully going to get to meet robin lord taylor drew powell and cameron beacon dover uh, over in blackpool in the uk so if you're coming along to that uh, come say hi and shake our hands and uh, tell us that you listen even if you don't listen all the time <laughs> tell us that you listen we like come and lie to us absolutely and <laughs> um, thank you again so much for for listening and we will be back uh, next week with episode 18 of gotham as it moves headlong to and careering towards the final episode of season two of gotham the second half of Gotham Season 2, The Wrath of the Villains. Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to it. Talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby. <laughs> <laughs>